In the name of our living God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The women's words struck the apostles as nonsense. Where have we heard that before? In every generation, in every generation, the leaders of the church ignore the testimony of disempowered people, one group after another, women, people of color, the poor, those whose marriages ended in divorce, members of the LGBT community, those who are young, those who are old, always someone new, over and over, dismissing their words as nonsense. Nonsense. Idle chatter. Folly. But God had given these women a story to tell, good news to share, and God was going to be sure that the world heard what they had to say. All four gospel accounts record the miracle of Easter coming first to the women. Why is that? Sure, history has something to do with it. The women were the only ones faithful enough to go to the tomb in order to do for Jesus' body what the Jewish customs demanded. But it's more than that. God could have revealed the miracle of Easter to anyone, and yet God chose to deliver it to the women. Why? Surely the men who get credit for recording the gospel accounts would have thought that was an unwise strategy. Because in the first century, if you wanted to entrust some important word, something monumental, to someone, you wouldn't think to entrust it to women unless you were a man, or if, if you were a man, especially if you were a man. Why would God do this? Why would God show the miracle to them? The men didn't have space in their hearts and minds yet for God's truth to come in. When the women showed up and told their story to the disciples, they responded, it can't be. We don't believe you. Because those men were so accustomed to living in a world where things went the way they thought they should go. Which means that what they perceived as the defeat of the Christ of the cross was still too much for them to get beyond. They were blind to see this new thing that God was doing, even though it was staring them right in the face. The women saw it. The women spoke it. Easter reminds us that revolutionary truths always start at the bottom and bubble their way up among us. Only those who are empty and lowly 
and vulnerable and broken have room in their spirits to receive good news as big as what God did at Easter. Because in earthly terms, the message of Easter is nonsense. That God would bring back from the dead a three days dead man is absurd. More than that, that God's anointed one, the one God who had, the one whom God had sent into the world to deliver God's people, that he had been rejected by those people and killed as a shameful criminal, well, that's just preposterous. And even more than that, that God would reveal to us that the path to true life and full participation in the reign of God would go not through the defeat of the Roman oppressors, but through death and the grave, that is incomprehensible. It's all nonsense. Unless, it's nonsense unless you've experienced what it's like to lose everything. It's nonsense unless you've been one of those who've had your story ignored by someone in power. It's all nonsense unless you know what it means to realize that the powers of this world hold no hope for you. Those people are the ones to whom the miracle of Easter comes first. But God doesn't stop there. God doesn't stop with the women. God chose the women because the women had the capacity to be apostles to the apostles. They left the tomb having received a glimpse at what God had done and went to tell the disciples who didn't believe them. But even though the men didn't believe them, one of them had enough space, enough room for God to begin to work and maybe without saying a word, Peter slipped out the door in the house where the disciples had gathered and ran to the tomb to see it for himself. And sure enough, just as the women had declared the stone had been rolled away, the tomb was empty, only the grave cloth was left. Peter stared in amazement, still unable to understand exactly what God had done. And so he went home, pondering, wondering how he might make sense of what he had seen and what he had heard from the women. Pondering it long enough, as Luke tells us later, for Jesus to come and visit him that night. All of us are beckoned by God to come to the empty tomb and see the miracle of Easter. Some of us come with the vulnerability and brokenness of the women, and we hear that good news first. Others of us run to the tomb, not with certainty in our hearts, but curiosity and wonder, because although God has begun to work in us, we still need some time to make space for that truth to take hold. And there are some of us who are still waiting on the words of nonsense to give way to the truth because we're still wedded to the powers of this world. But to all 
God says, come. In the end, it doesn't matter whether you get there first or last, because all are welcome. As John Chrysostom preached in his Easter sermon, if any have toiled from the first hour, let them receive their due reward. If any have come after the third hour, let them with gratitude join the feast. And the one that arrived after the sixth hour, and any delayed until the ninth hour, and even the one who arrived at the eleventh hour, let them not be afraid, for the Lord is gracious and receives even the last as if they were the first. So come. Come to the tomb empty and broken. Run beside Peter and stare and wonder at what God is doing. Return to your home and push aside the power and the privilege of your life to make enough space for the risen Lord to come and visit even you. The proclamation of our greatest hope has come into the world and it has already taken hope, taken hold in the hearts of those who have space to see it. But God isn't finished yet. That good news continues to bubble up from the bottom and spread among all God's people until in that last day when all are able to see and know the great victory that God for us and the resurrection of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, honor, and praise forever and ever. Amen. Amen.